Are you interested in cracking the customer code? You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business. I'm Jeannie Walters. And I'm Adam Taport. Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it. And a few who don't. And together we'll crack the customer code. Welcome to episode 16 of Crack the Customer Code. We have a great show today, Jeannie. We are going to talk about how important it is to understand all aspects of your customer's digital, social, and mobile experience. That's right. That's why we're really excited to talk to Blagitza from Metaverse Mod Squad about how all these intersections and integrations affect customers in your business. And we've got a customer zero story about how not to handle discontinuing a product. But before we get to that, Jeannie, I'm pretty sure that 360 Connects is our next sponsor. Yes. And we are having a great time with our monthly webinar series. We'd love for you to join us to learn about things like social customer care, how little things matter, mapping the customer journey, and all sorts of topics around customer experience. You can sign up at cxwebinar.com. That's cxwebinar.com. Did you know that you could sponsor Crack the Customer Code? Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor, crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor, and find out more details. We'd love to have you. Now, Jeannie, I think it's safe to say that digital is here to stay. (laughs) What do you think? Isn't it funny we're still talking about this? I am going to show my age a little bit here, but I was working right around the time that the internet started to become kind of an important part of customer journeys and how companies represented themselves. And I was part of an organization that was told by the CEO that they were going to have pretty advanced functionality available for customers on their website by May 1st of the following year. And the way we found this out is because he announced it at a shareholders meeting (laughs) uh, in the fall the year before. So all of a sudden there was this mad scramble to get everything done. And it was kind of an exciting thing because it was something that had never been done before. And we were offering things to customers directly and Before that, they'd always use different channels. But I have to say, there was so much resistance because people still didn't believe that every company needed a website. And so the internet deniers. Exactly. Exactly. So there were all these discussions about, well, why are we really doing this? Because we don't really need this. This is not how our customers want to interact with us. Have you ever heard that? (laughs) Well, the internet is a fad. But I think we're hearing the same messages again with social. That comes up a lot. I hear it with mobile. They say, well, our customers, they're not really on smartphones. They, that's not how they want to interact with us. And I think that we're in kind of phase two of the digital deniers, if you will. They are. They are. At this point, I think it's they're the exception, not the rule, and a, a, even a small exception. Because, yeah, it is what it is. People have cell phones. That's what they do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, how do you deny it? Right. Now, there's now there's some real discussions about how they use it and how much and what for. Yeah. But whether they're there or not, I think that ship has sailed. Let's just all go with the conventional wisdom here and say yes. Well, and I also think it's about serving customers through these different ways, right? The ways that they want. And so there are companies who are really getting it. And that's why we're so excited to have Blagitza as our guest. Let's talk to Blagitza. Blagitza Botelero is the Vice President of Digital Media for Metaverse Mod Squad. 
She's spent 17 years seeing the web grow and enjoying the ride along the way, and we're thrilled to have you. So welcome. I want to start off just asking, what are some of the ways you serve your customers? For us, digital engagement is what we call our movement, and that digital engagement can be everything from responding to customer service inquiries that come through, whether it's email or chats. It's also moderating communities. It's keeping the peace from, you know, sadly, the world of trolls to making sure everybody is getting along. And also social media. We're able to manage communities and do so on um, a 24-hour basis. It's pretty fantastic. It's actually exciting for us to know that we can manage our clients' needs on a 24-7 basis. Wow, that's a big job these days. <laughs> you know, it is a big job. We've been around for about seven and a half, eight years, and we have 10,000 mods around the world. Wow. So I've known you a while, and I know you've been in this space a while, and you've probably seen some of the evolution of just the digital customer experience and how that's that's come from nothing to now being, you know, this need for 24-7 and all of these things. I have a question that I'm struggling with, and I think many organizations are too. Do you have an opinion on who in an organization should really own the digital customer experience? Is there one person or one department? What do you think? That is such a fantastic question. I'm glad you asked it. And it's one of the biggest struggles I still see happening both on the brand side and the agency side. If companies just put a picture of the consumer on the wall and understood that this is what they're working towards every day, making people happy, whether it's buying a product or service, I really think that things would flow a lot better. And that customer service experience should be owned by the marketing department, the PR department, along with the customer service department. In a sense, every piece of that pie has a role with the customer service aspect. And the customer service team, of course, can go ahead and they can take the charge in that and be this, this, the figurehead. But imagine if Jane Doe, for example, went through the sales process and she at one point emailed a company two years ago. Yesterday, she tweets at them. It would be amazing if that customer had an understanding that the company has her back and looked through the history of her communications with the company soup to nuts. If I was Jane Doe, I would be ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. And, you know, one piece of that pie, you know, one of the uh, sort of branches, of course, is social media because there's a lot of forms of digital interaction. And what are some of the mistakes you've seen organizations making interacting with customers through social? I think it's a fantastic question. You know, what mistakes are made in the social space? And I'll talk about, you know, two things. Um, my mom. I love my mom, but she's my little mini example of social media. And the fact that she does happen to work for GM, and I say that because I own some Chevys and this story is about Chevy. First, my mom. She you know, is in her late 50s. She's pretty astute, hangs out with a friend. She plays bridge. My mother at this point is conditioned with media and whatever it may be to understand if there's a problem with her oven, if something goes wrong, she could tweet them or I could tweet them and they'll figure it out for her or get back to her with a response. That is the 24-7 world we live in, and that's really not happening. My mother doesn't have a big clout score. She's not a huge influencer, but she's still paying cash for a product. She should essentially get a response. Going back to my Chevy, you know, Chevrolet has a great Twitter handle, a separate Twitter handle that they also remind people from the regular Twitter handle to go listen to and an address. And within the bio, they also say how long they're on duty. I think it's as late as midnight. I had a couple of situations where I needed someone to look at my my gas tank or there were some issues. I was able to give my VIN number and everything was responded to pretty quickly. 
Um, and that's why I think we just have to put time and resources back into customer service and taking care of people who are, quite frankly, investing in our brands. I totally, totally agree. You know, for people like me who, you know, I work full time, I have two kids, if, being able to tweet Chevy, you know, when I'm dr- drinking wine in one of my evening wine routines is pretty fantastic because that's my timeline. That's that's when me, the customer, needs to get a hold of someone. And that's when me addressing this issue for my house happens to fit in you know, late at night when I'm having a glass of wine and figure out how I can solve my customer service issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. taking away a best practice of tweeting while drinking wine. <laughs> okay, <laughs> That's well, what I got from yeah, that. Yeah, well, you know, I am married to a wine guy. He's a sommelier. So <laughs> the wine in my house is as prevalent as coffee is in a Macedonian house in which I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not Macedonian yet. Those two things are still prevalent in my house. So, <laughs> um, so this was great. Thank you so much for being a part of this. And where can folks find you on the internet if they have more questions? You can find me online. My Twitter handle is at Blagica, B-L-A-G-I-C-A. You can also look up what my company does at www.metaversemodsquad.com. And I, I love that you also own blagitza.com so let's not forget that one too because that's fun i do you're right um b-l-a-g-i-c-a that's my main handle how to find me online in the interwebs you know others have tried to get that domain name but i indeed do own blagitza.com <laughs> good for I'm you i'm going to start a network of blagitzas around the world i could that'd be kind of fun fun side project but i'm good uh well you're the only one for us <laughs> So thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. I think this is such an important topic to continue being addressed in a world where we're living 24-7. We have people talking around the world and making sure that people get questions responded to. Love talking about it. Good. Well, have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Hey, Jeannie, guess what time it is? What time is it? It is time for Customer Hero, Customer Zero. And I have heard that you have a bit of a rant for us today. (laughs) Yeah, is that what we should rename this segment? (laughs) Nobody puts Jeannie in a corner. Yeah, it's a customer zero today. And it's a little personal because it's about me being a mom and having kids and having things taken away from them. Uh Oh, you're you're from Chicago. Are you like a hockey mom? Do you have like a big stick? No, thank you. Uh, (laughs) But there was an app that my kids were using called Storia, and it was provided by Scholastic. And I really am a fan of Scholastic as a company. They do a lot of really amazing products and services. And this app was was pretty good. You could organize different books. You could purchase virtual books and organize them in different bookshelves for your kids. And I have a fifth grader and a second grader. So there are times that I wanted the second grader not to really have access to what the fifth grader was seeing. Um, not that you know, there's nothing untoward, but, (laughs) uh, so what happened was we had used the app several times. We hadn't used it lately. And suddenly I got this very strange email where they assumed I knew a lot more about their company and what they were doing than I actually did as a customer. So it just came, came out of the blue, huh? To me it did. And it's possible that they sent me something that I missed, but as a customer, they started the email by saying, as you know, we are discontinuing this product. And of course, my first reaction is, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) And they explained that I had two options as a customer. I could either request a refund for all the books that we had actually purchased, or the app would be available as long as we never, ever log out. (laughs) 
Well, that's not a problem. Your fifth grader and second grader could easily right? maintain that. And what would happen if they accidentally did? Can you imagine? Where'd it go? Where'd all my books go? And I just thought that was kind of a ridiculous option. So I thought, yeah, okay, I'll get a refund. And when I first thought about it, I thought, you know, it's proactive and it's thoughtful. Like it could have just disappeared and they didn't have to communicate, but they did. They made this choice to communicate with their customers and they made this choice to proactively refund really a product that we had already used. We've already read those books. We've already enjoyed them. And I started to go through the process of what they explained and all of the effort was on the customer in order to get this refund. It's interesting. I wonder, you know, if they used a third party or how they sort of structured Well, that. it's a good question. And from my perspective, it sure didn't seem that way. It seemed like they just hadn't thought through this process and they hadn't thought through what are we communicating to customers from that customer perspective? Because I had to call only at certain times. I, I reached out to the number that they listed, and it was the generic customer service number. And so those folks just weren't really well-versed in what was going on with this particular product, at least the ones I spoke to. I ended up needing a call back. I ended up waiting for the refund to appear a few days after the conversations. So it took a series of days to get this refund. And it was something that they had proactively told me about and asked me to participate in. And meanwhile, they're touting this new product which they're really excited about, but I, I am not eligible for because it, it was only for educators. So they shifted their whole focus and we were kind of left going, what, what happened? Well, you know, it's, we talk about that stuff a lot, which is there's sort of a couple of ways or there's an infinite number of ways to do this, but there's sort of a couple of ways. If you're going to roll out some sort of discontinued product or something like that, there's a whole process by which you involve all the departments. You make sure everybody's on the same page. You know, you get a guide that goes around that keeps the customer service and marketing and all those people in the loop. And the other way is just to start sending emails to customers. <laughs> With <laughs> And I don't know what they did. You'll have to speak to that. But, you know, it's sort of those extremes because it doesn't sound like the customer service people right. were right. ready Well, for and you. I thought it was interesting that they didn't have at least a dedicated number that would go to a group that was well-versed in this or something like that. And it really, it struck me that their intentions were very good. But, you know, one of my mother's favorite sayings is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> and I think that's really apt here. And I actually wrote a blog about it and I show the letter in the blog because it's, it's, it's just so from their perspective and you can tell they're trying to execute something instead of thinking about the experience that the customer is having. And again, I like Scholastic. So that I was really disappointed because we liked the product and I like them in general. And I think they handle a lot of things well. But this one just seemed like they they couldn't get it together. Well, hey, every once in a while, even the best strike out. So hopefully they will get it for you on the next one. But I think... That is a wrap. <laughs> Enough ranting for you today. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Enough ranting. Just a little bit. No, that was good. You were, no, you were fair, which is nice, you know, because we know how hard it is mm -hmm. to execute. So it's always good to be fair, but you know, it's good to learn lessons from when companies don't right. execute well. Right. And on that note, thank you for listening to episode 16 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can find out more about me at 360connect.com. And I'm Adam Deport. My website is customersatstick.com. More episodes and the show notes are available at crackthecustomercode.com. And please subscribe on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes so others can find our show. It really, really helps us out. 
Yes, and also make sure to tell everyone you know. One, we like referrals, and two, it makes you sound really cool. (laughs) So until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.